Welcome to the Bone Coach Show, dedicated to helping you understand all things related to diet, lifestyle, bone health, and how you can live and thrive with low bone density and osteoporosis. I'm your host, Kevin Ellis, certified health coach, health and wellness speaker, and above all else, your bone coach. After being diagnosed with osteoporosis in my early 30s, I transformed my health through diet and lifestyle and now help my clients and community members do the same through my online coaching practice, Bone Coach. Com. Look, there are no quick and easy cures for low bone density, but the choices we make every single day can have a powerful impact on our bones, our health, and our general well-being. I'll share the research, interview the experts, and help you figure out how to get the conditions right in your body so you can better your bones through diet and lifestyle. Short disclaimer, I'm not a medical doctor and this show should not be considered medical advice. Always consult with your healthcare team before making medical decisions and changes to your diet and lifestyle. With that being said, let's get on with the show. We are living in a time where we are seeing growing shortages of physicians, of nurses. We are also seeing long, long wait times to get an appointment. I've just been hearing from so many people, and it doesn't matter what the specialty is, primary care, they just can't get an appointment. Rheumatologists, endocrinologists are booked, and people are being told, the soonest appointment you can have is six months to a year. Now, I'm not saying that coaches are medical doctors or that they will replace medical doctors. They are not licensed. They do not practice medicine. They focus on lifestyle. And in many cases, when connected with a health coach, you start to make some lifestyle changes. That's going to impact your chronic medical condition, whatever the issue is that you are seeking medical care, and chances are you are going to be getting better. If you haven't done so already, especially if you're newly diagnosed with osteopenia or osteoporosis, or if your most recent bone density scan still showed more bone loss, go ahead and pause this episode and head over to bonecoach.com to sign up for your free seven-day osteoporosis kickstart guide. That's going to give you everything you need step by step by step over the next seven days to get on the path to improvement and stronger bones. You won't want to miss that. So pause this right now, head over to bonecoach.com and I'll be here as soon as you get back. Welcome, welcome to this episode of The Bone Coach Show. Joining us today to explore functional medicine, health coaching, and your bone health plan is Dr. Sandra Scheinbaum. Dr. Sandra Scheinbaum trains people to become functional medicine health coaches and helps practitioners and businesses hire them because she believes that health coaches are key to combating chronic disease and reducing healthcare costs. As founder and CEO of the Functional Medicine Coaching Academy, a collaboration with the Institute for Functional Medicine, Sandra is a leader in the field of health coaching education, a member of the Forbes Business Council, and an educator and licensed clinical psychologist for over 40 years. She's the author of How to Become a Health Coach, The Career That Can Bring People Joy, Functional Medicine Coaching, and Stop Panic Attacks in 10 Easy Steps. The greatest joy in her life is being a grandma to twin babies. I love that. Well, Dr. Sandra, thank you so much for being here. It's great to have you today. Well, thank you, Kevin. It is an honor to be here speaking to you and your audience. Well, you have done some amazing work and I am really interested and I'm, I'm sure our audience as well is how at 65, the age of 65, you founded a school to train health coaches. How did you get to that point? What's what's the background story that led you to that point? 
Well, that point is very, very far from where I started. I started as a school teacher. I went off to college majoring in elementary education, and that's where I thought I would be. But I shifted to special education, then to clinical psychology, spent many, many years as a health psychologist. But what I was very, very interested in was the mind-body connection, doing a lot of biofeedback with the people that I saw. And I was always very interested in ways that people could get better that didn't involve medication, years of psychotherapy. And so what might those be? Well, helping people having a movement plan, helping people really look at what they're eating every day, and of course, the impact of stress. So I studied with the Institute for Functional Medicine and was actually in the first class to be certified. And that is where you look at root causes. So I was interested in root causes of depression, anxiety, which are often related to the health of the gut. And I was being approached by people who had been trained as health coaches. And they were saying, well, the training we got was okay, but we want more. And can you teach us this functional medicine approach and some of the other things that you had been working in, like cognitive behavior therapy, where you look at the nutty thoughts that you are creating and how they are not serving you. Some of the mind-body strategies that were very, very effective, like breathing techniques and how to help people with panic. And so I decided um, with uh, my partners, uh, Elise, she had been working with me at the time. And uh, so decided we are going to start a school to train health coaches. And at 65, I got a lot of pushback. Like people say, what do you need this for? You can just retire. You have a very successful practice as a psychologist. And I just felt like I had this very big mission because we could see people just year over year getting just uh, very, very unhealthy in their wanting to change their habits, but not actually being successful in doing that. And I knew that if we merged these strategies from functional medicine principles with the principles of coaching, which is very, very effective, that this could be successful. So we started in 2015, we had a group of 26 students, and now we've grown to over 5,000 around the world. We get people coming to us just out of college or just out of high school, people in their early 20s up to their 80s and even 90s. So this is what I wake up every day just thinking like, this is my mission. Uh, and I just get chills thinking of all of the people around the world that have been trained and are now going out and serving others at the highest level. So uh, it is never too late, uh, no matter how old you are, to pursue something that is in alignment with what your mission and passion are. I love that. And I talk to so many people too, who, you know, they're 50s, 60s, 70s, many of them are now into retirement or are considering entering into retirement. And a lot of them have so much life left to live. They have so much more to give. Maybe they put themselves on the back burner for a really long time because they were taking care of everything else and they were pursuing the career and they were doing all these other things, but they really didn't ever explore their passions. And now they feel like they have that opportunity at this point in their life. And I know a big personal mission for you is to really help and inspire these women, 50s, 60s, 70s and beyond to defy the stereotypes, to stay vital, to continue to gain strength. Describe what you mean when I hear you say that, I've heard you say that, describe what you mean by that. 
Sure. So I see a lot of women, especially my age, they, uh, I'm in my entering my mid seventies, I'll be 74 and frailty is a huge concern. And I know that that would be a concern for many people in, in your audience listening to this and just the, just having a sense of yourself as strong and a sense that you can get stronger at any age. So I, I, I'm very short and I've always been petite and can look like a frail old lady, but I work so hard at strength. And so there's several kinds of strength. One is a cognitive strength. And that is, we get that through our character strengths. These are the traits that we have that allow us to thrive and do wonderful things in the world. And these are things like having courage, bravery, having perseverance to not give up, but also knowing when to quit, when to, and have prudence and make those wise choices, as well as capacity to have appreciation, curiosity, which is very tied in with just new learning. I see so many people in my age group who have given up on new learning. And they might say, oh, I don't need to make new friends. And you know, I'm content with the friends I have. And I love going out and meeting new people, making new friends. You and I were both at a conference and I love engaging with new people, younger people, especially. Uh, so there's also that strength that uh, comes from the what you are doing on a day-to-day -day basis to take care of yourself. And that is really paying attention to foods that are going to help make you stronger, as well as, of course, movement uh, throughout the day and a way to address the stress that's in your life. But I think it's always moving forward. And the, some of the biggest factors are hope and optimism and being able to be in that place where you can imagine something that is positive. So I imagine again, inner strength, imagine feeling that, that power and being a knowing that there will be obstacles and challenges and you can problem solve and overcome those. Such a good message. I always tell people too, you know, you don't have to know where each step is placed day one. You just have to know where you want your path to lead and holding that out in front of you, having that hope, having that, whatever the vision is for the future and just moving in that direction the steps are going to present themselves as they come. So, yeah, and that is so much more than kind of this uh, just Pollyannish, like, okay, you know, I can just wish it and make it. So, that's not what I'm saying. It's a real, a form of realistic thinking where you accept what is, you accept what you have control over, and that's what you take charge of. And that's what's so powerful. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, now let's talk about functional medicine health coaching. Right. What, let's talk about what is a health coach, what, what do health coaches do, and why would it be important for someone to work with a health coach? Sure. Well, a health coach is somebody who takes you, helps you go from where you are to where you want to be. And that means where you want to be, not where that coach wants you to be. It's very different from like going to a doctor, going to a nutritionist. They may have a plan for you. They're going to say, okay, here's, here's what you're suffering from. And here's what I think you should do. A coach doesn't do that. A coach might take that plan and have a discussion with you. Well, this is what your doctor thinks. This is what your nutritionist has laid out for you. I want to hear what you think. Is this, is this workable? Where, if so, where would you like to start? 
And what do you want your health for? What's those big goals that you have? So a coach knows how to communicate and in a way that who that person feels very heard, very understood. And as a result, they are going to enter into this alliance where they will feel now like, yeah, I can take control of my health. There are certain things that I can do that will make a difference. And it's very, very empowering. A health coach is someone who is your guide, your ally, your accountability partner. Like it's hard to change habits. And the coach is going to say, well, how do you want to be, how do you want to communicate with me? And everything is in the control of you as the client. You decide when you want to work, often where do you want to be? We're communicating by phone, through video conferencing, in person, if that's feasible. And so you're in control. Do you want to work in a group? Perhaps coaches increasingly are seeing people in groups, which is a very great way to get support. And it depends on what you want to work on. And so it's a really very, very powerful, powerful process. So you can do it alone. You may get um, some, can listen to podcasts, you can read books, you can uh, have doctor recommendations, but how do you actually personalize that? And that's what a coach can help you with because there's so much information out there. There's so much misinformation out there. A coach can help you sort that out and say, what makes sense for you? Often it's looking at, well, that person may have uh, specialized testing and they're getting results. Like it's not one size fits all. It's not like one food is good for everybody just because they may have read an article that this is a superfood, but maybe for you, it's a toxic food. A health coach can help you sort this all out and help you with where to start based on where you want to be and what is personalized for you. And speaking, just me speaking in terms of the value of having a health coach, you know, I personally am a health coach, but I'm also the quarterback and, you know, CEO and founder of our team, which has a lot of coaches within it. And these are people that, you know, coach people with osteoporosis every single day. And the coaching aspect is so important of all of our programs, right? It's, it's fundamental to it. Yes. And it's, it's really so important. And I know that when people go through, it's the functional medicine coaching, is it the coaching academy? Yes. Is that what it is? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So could you talk about what does the process look like to then become a coach if you want to become a coach? Yes. And I bet there are people in your audience who uh, have been struggling with some concerns like bone health, and maybe they're making headway or they feel like now they want to give back and they want to serve others. We know that those who are becoming a coach and entering into these alliances with clients are transformed themselves with every relationship, with every encounter. It's not just the client who benefits, but the coach. It is so healing to support others. I knew that when I was a psychologist for so many years, I came out of every session feeling, taking away something that was very, very valuable. So the good news about health coaching and why I love it so, so much, first of all, it's effective. It works. We've got a whole body of research showing how effective it is, including randomized controlled trials. We've done one, but there's uh, almost every day I find another study showing coaching really works. But the other reason is that the there's a very low entry 
point. In other words, let's say you want to get in and become a healthcare professional, but you start thinking about it. Well, I have to go back to school. I have to get a degree. It's very, very expensive. It's very time consuming. It's a long process to become, let's say, a nutritionist or uh, a, 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 a other type of licensed healthcare professional. But entering health coaching is much more affordable and it, in, you can get a certificate. Now, there are some fly-by-night programs that say, oh, you can be a health coach in a matter of eight, 10 weeks. Well, that is not really becoming a health coach. Our program is a year because it is a very deep dive into how to become a health coach and with a lot of practice and how to do it so that you are going to be feeling that you are really helping people transform their lives. So you spend a year with cohorts that are like-minded and you learn to coach, you get experience coaching yourself in these training sessions and you get to work, we get to learn from the Institute for Functional Medicine faculty. So it's these functional medicine principles and pretty soon you will be applying them personally as well as to with your friends and family members. So you will be spreading it to your community. And that's what is so, so exciting to see all of our graduates just going out there and making health happen in their communities. That's fantastic. And and then they're going out and they're, are they maybe pursuing cre the creation of a business on their own, or maybe they, they're looking to go and join another business that maybe is seeking health coaches. Do you see, do, do people lean more toward one way or the other? It's about half and half. Some people want to have their own businesses. Some people are working in a profession totally unrelated to health. Maybe they are a lawyer. Maybe they're working in, in corporate. Uh, we have many people who were corporate bankers and they got really exhausted and burned out and they wanted to shift careers. Others are still keeping that position, but then they are coaching on the side, so to speak. And that is a time that they are finding that they are so fulfilled. Uh, others are joining medical practices, functional medicine or conventional practices, and they are working within that system to create change. And there's something else I wanted to add, Kevin, and that is we are living in a time where we are seeing growing shortages of physicians, of nurses. We are also seeing long, long wait times to get an appointment. I've just been hearing from so many people, and it doesn't matter what the specialty is, primary care, uh, they just can't get an appointment. Rheumatologists, endocrinologists are booked, and people are being told the soonest appointment you can have is six months to a year. Now, I'm not saying that coaches are medical doctors or that they will replace medical doctors. They are not licensed. They do not practice medicine. They focus on lifestyle. And in many cases, being connected with a health coach, you start to make some lifestyle changes that's going to impact your chronic medical condition, whatever the issue is that you are seeking medical care. And chances are you are going to be getting better. Uh, and so this is a, a model that we've been promoting uh, that you get a health coach. And they, you know, again, we're not saying that they're 
You don't need to see your medical doctor, um, but we are saying that coaching it has enormous impact on not only your physical health, but your mental health as well, because the shortage of behavioral health specialists I think is even worse if you are depressed and anxious. And unless you are suicidal, having an acute psychotic episode, people who are, uh, there have been a lot of studies showing that working with a health coach and understanding the brain gut connection, for example, getting taking walks throughout the day. These are some things that are going to go a long way to help you with that mood condition or anxiety that you might be experiencing. Yeah. And as and just to reinforce this, as I was talking about before, health coaches are really important. We have them in our business. And I would say, I think out of 20 plus team members, I think seven or eight of them are coaches. And that's quite a bit. So we're, we actively look for coaches to come into our business too. So, and then the other people on our team, they're complementing the coaches are complementing the work of, of experts in their fields, right? So functional medicine practitioners or, you know, exercise physiologists or dietitians and nutritionists, those kinds of things, that's who they're going to complement, uh, at least in the way that we're set up. But I know that many other practitioners have a very similar setup too. I love that. Yeah. Um, and then, so speaking about maybe some other health conditions, just for a second, I know you are also, you are, depending on when people are listening to this, but you are also co-hosting a summit called the Parkinson Solution Summit. How did you get interested in this condition? Sure. So this is a summit uh, that will be aired in November, 2023. And uh, the host is Dr. Ken Charlin, who is a renowned neurologist who is specialized in Parkinson's. And what I've been seeing is the need for support that people who have this condition and particularly their caregivers need a lot of support. So I've been focusing on the psychosocial aspects of this condition and helping people to see that it is possible to thrive despite whatever condition you have Parkinson's being one. So we're talking about a neurodegenerative condition, but what we did with this summit is to first and foremost offer hope that it is not just you are declining, it's you, you are uh, suffering from a neurodegenerative condition and it's only going to get worse. If you That is a mindset. And we're not saying we're not going to face reality that this is a serious condition and uh, there are many negative consequences down the road. But there's also hope. And there's some new cutting edge ways that people can be treated. And that involves the functional medicine approach. For example, one of the fabulous speakers on the summit is Dr. Terry Walls, who had had uh, on remitting MS, multiple sclerosis herself. She was able to go to reverse it. Uh, she went from being in a tilt wheelchair to walking to riding her bike. And so the walls protocol is very effective. Uh, and with functional medicine, it doesn't matter where you what you name the condition. So maybe it's MS, maybe it's Parkinson's, maybe it's early onset Alzheimer's. You can do some things by looking at your lifestyle. What is lifestyle? That is your choices. What are you going to eat? An anti-inflammatory diet. What about your movement throughout the day? Actually, I live close to a hospital that has uh, Parkinson's classes going on 
all day long, movement classes, uh, water uh, aerobics classes for people with Parkinson's. So moving, looking at stress in your life and certainly having the condition is a certainly a powerful stressor, helping people to feel that they can still have a quality of life despite that condition, as well as looking at your relationships, looking at sleep for example. So uh, looking at toxic load, toxic burden, environmental toxins have been linked strongly to the onset of Parkinson's. So uh, working with somebody, perhaps a health coach, who will help you to identify what is still in your environment that might be doing you in that you can really uh, get rid of, like, you know, what you're using with your cookware, your, are you using plastics to store your hot food? So, so many things can be looked at and uh, there can be solutions and why we're calling it the Parkinson Solutions Summit, uh, not just that it's all gloom and doom. Yeah. And, and I think that's such an important thing is having that hope too, that you can yes. improve and you're not just doing these things every single day, trying to move yourself in this, this direction that you actually place that out there. There's hope to, to improve and you move toward that. So exactly. Um, let's talk about also you, maybe could you describe your own personal health routine? I'd love to get into that. Maybe even for bone health, if you have any things that you specifically like to do for your bone health, I know you mentioned before you and I, when we were at this conference, sitting down next to each other, you said that you do about a hundred to 300 pushups and handstands every day. Is that right? Yes. So uh, this started during the pandemic where I didn't have access to a gym as none of us did. Uh, and so I thought, well, what can I do with my own body weight? And I had been doing some push-ups, but I decided to just do much more. So I started doing, you know, sets of 10, 20, 30, and then I worked up to a hundred and then I would do uh, three sets of a hundred throughout the day. And I still do about a hundred uh, and I try to do some of those like without cheating. So not like the half push-ups, but actually, can I get all the way to the floor? And that felt so empowering because when I started, I could not do one of those, like all the way to the floor and back up again. So now I am up to about 13, 14 of those. And then I'll do like another few sets of that throughout the day, but also squats um, and wall squats are very, very effective. So I am really just so committed to doing this on a daily basis. And, you know, we often hear, well, work out, uh, do strength training twice a week, but I don't, uh, I don't look at it that way. I look at my ancestors and the work that they did and they didn't say, well, today's my day to rest. I'm going to not, you know, heavy, the carry these heavy pots and, uh, you know, hang clothes, you know, hand wring my walk, you know, the uh, wash. And, uh, it didn't say, well, I can't work these muscles today because I worked them yesterday. So, but I do alternate, I'll have leg days and then uh, upper body days, but I try and do something. So the body weight I do every day. So I've had a ritual for a long time. I've practiced yoga for quite some time. And I, I do a headstand, handstand, shoulder stand every single day. That's like, um, my, my routine for many, many years, but I've added to this that of air things that I think are very good to support bone health. One being the vibration plate. I happen to use a power plate. And so I will just, um, even if I don't do exercises on there, I will just stand on it and check my email. I'll do some planks on there. And then I will move from there to a trampoline. I have a rebounder. And so I believe jump 
jumping is really, really important. And I, I take ballet. I take adult ballet classes and uh, don't shy away from the jumping. Many people are fearful of jumping, um, but I love it. I think that that pounding, I just came back from a conference. You and I were both there and I always travel with a jump rope. So I didn't, it was, uh, if I didn't get down to the gym, uh, I always do some, some uh, jumping rope. Uh, and I do that quite frequently and some high intensity training. Now, this is so different from how I used to work out. When I was in my late 30s and 40s, I, I never got into exercise when I was much younger. I uh, was the worst person in my gym class and uh, really avoided uh, anything physical. Uh, I was the nerd who was in the library studying <laughs> as opposed to being athletic. Uh, but I got into the, this was the era of the Jane Fonda aerobics. So, you know, I had the the, the leotard and the leg warmers uh, in the early 80s, but it was always focused on cardio. And I remembered like just the days of like getting up and going on the treadmill and just running every day. And, and just that was not the way to go about that. So we thought was good, um, but really it was not. And I now... I had to choose one thing, it would be resistance training. And so I've been really uh, just, that's non-negotiable. And so I will do the body weight, but I also do go to the gym and I have weights at home and just that's, again, every day. And the hardest that I can lift, I, I, do, I do Pilates. I love to go to Pilates classes, but I see these programs where these women are, you know, this, the little pink weights, the three, five pound weight, that's not going to do anything. I think we, if I had a mission, it would be to convince women to go in the weight training area, not don't choose the treadmill or the elliptical, but really get in the weight room. And I know it can be scary and intimidating and perhaps get some sessions with a trainer, have some, someone show you what to do and the right form to do it and uh, really commit to lifting to failure. So today I was in the gym and I was doing some pull-ups and chin-ups and uh, just like just doing what I can't do anymore. <laughs> I couldn't pull up anymore. So it's that going to failure that is so important. And we're just not trained that way as, as women. And there's so many older women are under muscled. So a uh, good friend, and I know we, you know her as well, Dr. Gabrielle Lyon talks about muscle centric medicine. And, and that is my main focus now is building muscle. So important. Got to have, got to have good protein intake. Yeah. Weight bearing exercise is important. Getting some walking in that is important, but you're right, right? You can't just do the walking and count that as your only form of exercise. Yeah. You have yeah. to bring the resistance training in there. And, you know, sometimes I know when it comes to resistance training, people may be unfamiliar. They may have a similar story to you where they, they had a different way of working out when they were younger. They focused more on the cardio and maybe they did that their whole life. And now they're starting to realize maybe there are some things I should approach differently, but they don't really know how they don't know the proper form. That's why I'd, I'd encourage you work with somebody or make sure you know what you're doing, but then slowly progress up. You don't have to start with the heaviest weights day one, slowly progress up, do that resistance training, provide that stimulus that your bones and muscles need to become stronger. So important. Yeah. And there's a lot of fear. And I think especially women, I hear this all the time from my friends with osteoporosis. And let me tell you just about all my friends have osteoporosis, but they're afraid. 
They're afraid they've been told perhaps, or they've read somewhere, you have to be really careful, you'll you'll break something. And so they, they approach this with fear and trepidation. And yes, you want to be cautious and you want to have the right form. And that's why working with a trainer is so important to learn that. But uh, we're pretty strong. And it amazed me when I first started tracking my percent of skeletal muscle mass. And they always say, well, you can't, you know, it's, it's impossible to gain at, at your age, 74. And actually have been, I've been putting on you know, two, three pounds of muscle and uh, losing body fat, but we want to get away from the body fat consideration and really focus on that skeletal muscle mass. And uh, if listen, if I could do it, I mean, it is possible. Um, and it is like brushing your teeth. It is non-negotiable to find some way to get that training in and uh, have this strong sense of being stronger. And yes, you mentioned protein. I was, you know, as so many of us were, I was a vegetarian, I was a vegan, I was never as unhealthy when I was in my late 40s, early 50s as a vegan, uh, just so tired all the time and nutrient deficient. And now if you saw how muddy how much protein I'm eating and how many animal products, how many uh, red meat has become my food of choice. Uh, and again, from somebody who was a vegan for years. Um, but this is, again, so important to get adequate protein. I was just out to, to dinner with my husband's cousin and his partner. And uh, this woman just ordered a salad for dinner and no protein. And I just wanted to like say, what are you doing? I didn't say anything, but like, no, well, you know, just this. And, and this woman was so frail and severe osteoporosis, but no protein. So um, I think that is so, so important. You know, we just, um, and I have taught a lot of courses. I teach this for the, um, for our coaching program as well on the psychology of eating. And there are huge gender differences in eating. Um, so even how um, the uh, restaurants, for example, are decorated. So if you go into a steakhouse, it's going to be dark paneled and uh, it's very kind of soaked, again, very stereotypically male. Um, and women, I've gone to luncheons, you know, for women, ladies luncheons, they're not going to serve steak. They're going to serve a salad with maybe a few little slices of chicken or salmon on it. Um, and that is uh, the stereotype that is unfortunately still with us today. Um, and so we need to break those stereotypes. Yeah, we absolutely do. And the protein piece, so important. You can't build muscle. You can't build bone without protein. Your bone is, is a collagen protein matrix structure. It's not just minerals. It's not just calcium and a couple other minerals. It's you have a protein structure there with those minerals laid into there. So uh, very, very important. I, I am interested in just asking if you're open to sharing. When you said you were a vegan a long time ago, why the transition? What was the realization that you had? How did you end up coming back to animal products in your diet? Sure. Well, I always looked at the research, but I also was always um, aware of trends. If you were to come into my house in my kitchen, I was a cookbook collector, still am. And you would see, oh, here's the macrobiotic section, the fat-free. Uh, and at the time, we thought that this was good. We were also saying, you know, you need to eat every two hours. You need to have a three meals and a snack and a snack before dinner and uh, before 
after dinner as well. And so we have better research now and we're, but also we have a lot of anecdotal evidence. We have a lot of stories of people who were not thriving and I was one of those. So I felt that uh, this was the way to go for health. And uh, looking back, I think that was one of the worst decisions that I made. And uh, so I started to just from reading from and particularly now talking to people like Dr. Gabrielle Lyon and the importance of of being well nourished with animal foods, and we can't get enough protein. It well, it's you you can, but to do it is so difficult. Like you'd have to eat like a whole bowl, of like a giant salad, you know, serving bowl of of beans to get enough protein compared to uh, what you would get by having um, a sirloin steak or having a hamburger or having a piece of fish or chicken and or some eggs. And so now I just prioritize that protein first. I try and get um, at least 30 grams at every meal. And then I supplement as well. So uh, amino acids, if I uh, have that, uh, and, and then things like creatine that we never knew about, or we thought they were dangerous and associated with the bodybuilding world. Um, but um, postmenopausal women, this is critical um, because we don't want to fall. We don't, and it's not just the strength of your bones, but the strength of your muscle surrounding your bone. And so, and it's not just we talked about weight resistance, but having the full complement. So that's why I take ballet, for example, and do Pilates and yoga. It's about balance. It's about flexibility and uh, certainly muscle strength as well, and, and throwing in some cardio for, for good measure, but not overdoing it. And I think that's where so many women got stuck um, is just, you know, they're on the treadmill, the elliptical, and they don't think about doing any types of weight-bearing exercises. This is a great conversation. And uh, I, I appreciate your knowledge, your expertise, and, you know, you being a part of this show. I would love for people to understand and I'll link to all these things in the show notes. Where can they find uh, out more information about you and uh, Functional Health Coaching Academy? Sure. Well, me, they can go to my Instagram. It's Dr. Sandy, S-A-N-D-I. I love to post about my workouts, uh, about um, things in my daily life um, and try and be, or, or not try and be, I, I am really honest in terms of my, my physical conditions. And uh, the uh, other way is going to our website, which is functionalmedicinecoaching.org. If I've inspired you in any way to become a coach, and we need millions of you to be health coaches and, and focus on helping people with conditions like uh, the uh, bone health. And you can go to functionalmedicinecoaching.org. We have a class starting in March of 2024. And uh, also you can follow us on Instagram at functional med coach. Fantastic. Well, I want to thank you again uh, so much for your time, Dr. Sandra. And you know, for everybody listening, you can find all the resources, show notes, everything mentioned here today over at bonecoach.com, but you can also find it down below this episode. I want to thank you again so much for your time. We'll see you in the next episode. 
Hope you found this episode of the Bone Coach Show helpful. You can find all the resources, show notes, everything mentioned over at bonecoach.com. If you enjoyed this episode and found it helpful, be sure to share it with someone you love, a friend, family member, even a group of people. And also be sure to hit that subscribe button so you never miss an episode that can help you improve your bones, your health, and your future. One last reminder, if you haven't done so already, head over to bonecoach.com for more great resources to help you get on the path to stronger bones and an active future. I'm your bone coach, Kevin Ellis. I'll see you in the next episode.